0: At number 40, in the spirit of Soho Mural, is an 18th century painter who was one of only two women in the group of artists who founded the Royal Academy. A former resident of 16 Golden Square, it's Angelica Kaufmann. Born into modest circumstances in Switzerland in 1741, Angelica Kaufmann was a child prodigy who was extravagantly talented in the fields of both painting and music. During the 15 years she spent living in Soho, she was much sought after as a portrait painter by royals and others in high society and became known as a noted history painter. History painting is that grandiose, some might say macho style that features lots of characters from history or myths in dramatic poses on huge canvases. Women in the 18th century were expected to paint flowers and portraits and still lives, so the history painting scene was definitely a boys club, but Angelica found a way in. Despite her success and adulation though, her time in London was not all plain sailing. To find out more about Angelica Kaufman, I took myself off to our socially distant studio, the Church of St. Anne's in Waldorf Street, and met up with London tour guide Nika Garrett.
1: Angelica Kaufman was born in 1741 in Kerr in Switzerland. She became one of the greatest artists in the 18th century and there were not many female artists in fact so she was the only child and her father was an artist her mom died when Angelica was uh, 16 in fact and Angelica traveled a lot with with, uh, her father she traveled to Austria she traveled to Italy and she was basically working with him I think she was just nine years old when she painted her first uh, portraits. Amazingly, she was um, also talented when it comes to music. She had fabulous voice, soprano. And as a teenager, she makes a very conscious choice whether she would dedicate herself more to music or painting. When she's 50, in fact, she paints uh, one of her history paintings, that's um, allegorical painting, showing an artist choosing between the arts of uh, music and painting. She's torn between the two of them, but you can see in that painting, she's choosing art.
0: Did she train or was she just not She was
1: trained by her father. So he, he was well respected and, and he, he got commissioned. So when she is in Italy, she also meets a lot of well-connected people. She also meets artists. She meets Nathaniel Dance. And it's worth mentioning that Angelica is quite attractive, charming manners. She speaks foreign languages, including English and Italian She can paint and sing. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, she's a bit of a Uh, (laughs) cat.
1: She's clever and she's genuinely very nice. So no wonder that, for example, Nathaniel uh, Dance and many others end up smitten with her. And in fact, um, I think they... To his understanding, they have a relationship or they are, you know, they have an understanding. An understanding. yeah,
0: that's the term they <laughs> normally use,
1: isn't it? Uh, which is not the case. And, and, and then he's quite, you know, he, he feels hurt. And she meets Lady Wentworth, who is uh, married to a British ambassador in Venice. And I think she persuades her to come to London.
0: And she lived, the Soho connection is that she lived in Soho, is that right?
1: Yes, so I understand that originally she lodges with Lady Winferf, uh in Mayfair. Uh, oh, it's but tough, isn't it, when you have to try <laughs> these terrible
0: digs when you first move to London?
1: She soon makes very useful friends. Uh, everybody talks about her. She actually has other artists paying compliments. And among them is uh, Sir Joshua Reynolds, and he's basically the friend you want to make if you're a young artist, ambitious one, and he's a very, very kind person as well. Everyone wants to be painted by him. He's well connected and he helps Angelica to set her prices. So she sets her prices high. I think if she hadn't had that connection, she wouldn't have dared to do that. But he calculates they will pay what you ask. From her letters to her father, you can see that she knows that a lady has to have a certain status here to be perceived as lady. And she writes, oh, we will have to have one servant, one maid. You know, it's, it's unspeakable, unthinkable to live without domestic help like, of well, she's from a
0: very wealthy background.
1: I don't think that was very wealthy background. But they, they traveled to make a living. So she learns her trade. But she knows how to turn this trade into money so soon as she can ask for 20 guineas for a portrait and she's introduced to royalty so queen mother ends up being a patron and you have a lot of um, sitters carriages who can just imagine coming to golden square number 16 everyone wants to be painted by her and she she becomes quite uh well off in fact, one of her contemporaries estimated that during the time she left in England, so that we are talking about 15 years, she ended up being worth £14,000. So we're talking about 18th century. I tried to calculate more or less how much it would be worth, maybe pre Brexit and pre pandemic. So then <laughs> oh it would be perhaps a, a quarter of a million pounds.
0: Okay, not bad. For a woman. Yeah, not bad at all. As
1: well. Pretty soon, she's introduced to to a man who she knows as uh, Frederick de Horn. He says he's from aristocratic background, um, military career, um, great manners, things like that. Um, he's from Sweden. Like Angelica, he's Catholic, so she's attracted to him, and somehow he manages to persuade her that they should get married. I think he comes up with a story that he's uh, implicated into some conspiracy against the king of Sweden, Uh, and he's obviously innocent, and uh, if they don't get married, if she doesn't act now, he's lost. So she falls for it, and they, they have a secret marriage. Also, he's saying he's awaiting a substantial amount of money to be sent from his family. And nothing really happens for weeks. In the meantime, Angelica's father gets suspicious of a stranger being around, uh, while the count from like, quiet, charming man turns into a domineering tyrant who, um, by law, can do whatever he likes with, with her wealth. So he announces now, OK, I'm your husband. So I'm going to spend your money the way I like. So that's a big shock. Fortunately, again, because she, she had made connections, she's got powerful friends. Uh, her father and her friends do some investigation. And Frederick turns out to be a conman, married at least once, bigamist and he's not a count at all. So he says that he will leave her alone if he's paid £500. So they settle on 300 eventually, but she does not remarry until he dies later on.
0: So they remained married, did they? Yes. Why were they just sent to prison?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a different world, yeah. Yeah. Different world, 18th century. You're a woman. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about her connection to the Royal Academy, because she's a... One of only two women?
1: Yes, one of the founder absolutely. Members. So, you know, all that turbulent time, the marriage to the convent you would think, well, it's a big obstacle. But still, she's, she's championed by her friends, uh, Joshua Reynolds and, and, and a few others. And she ends up, yes, being one of the only two female founding members of the Royal Academy of Arts that was founded in 1768. So I think you have like 40 founding members. So there is this portrait by Johann Zoffany. He doesn't paint over 40 members, but 34, I think, 30 something. And he paints them uh, in the council room of the old uh, Somerset house. And you can tell that this is a life drawing class. So you have also, I think, two male nude models. and uh, But where are the ladies? Where is Angelica Kaufman and Mary Moser, who who was uh, known for her paintings of flowers? So you find them as sort of portraits on the wall, but why? Well, as a woman, you would not get an access to a life drawing class
0: because it had naked men. Yes,
1: it? because of that because of that but, but, now... but men could
0: view naked women was that okay yeah but the
1: men are men yeah you know? <laughs> yes, of
0: course. That's fine, then, so
1: uh, so here you have a, a paradox you see she really wants to focus from early on on the history painting because history painting is considered as this, the most noble genre so that was rather what male artists would would be doing and this is what, what she wants to do but if you want to paint those men in your history paintings you have to have an intimate knowledge of a male body now how on earth can you have it if you are not allowed to make yourself familiar with it through um lack. It. <laughs> well, yeah. i mean there was a story that upon arrival in london Angelica actually pays a male model, Anderson, to come to her so that she can draw, you know, make sketches. Now, the model, he is actually asked about that when he is in his eighties. And he, he he's a gentleman. So he replies it was all she wanted to, to see was like, you know, arms and, and and legs, muscles, and it was all done appropriately, and her father, Angelica's father, was always present in the studio. But then when she draws, when she paints, have history paintings, she doesn't show nudity. Because to show that would also mean that she's familiar with it, and that would ruin her reputation. You see the paradox. So she's very clever in what she's doing. So she's focusing in her history painting on women and taking a bit different perspective as well. So placing the male characters in a bit more feminine light.
0: One of the two pictures you sent me, not by her but about her, is this one that was um, considered to be kind of satirical.
1: The conjurer. Yeah. By Nathaniel Hone.
0: Yeah. Could you explain what that's all about? Because that yeah, was. Yeah. So weird. Um, in
1: 1775. Nathaniel Hone, who is also a member of the Royal Academy of Arts, wants to submit uh, a new painting to the upcoming um, exhibition, annual exhibition, and it, in short, it's referred to as The Conjurer. And in this painting, you have um, an old master artist and a child. And then in the background, you also have um, nude ladies, um, you know, sort of having fun around St. Paul's Cathedral. Now, one of them is wearing black boots. Now, this painting um, provokes an outrage. So, she understands it, on the one hand, as an attack on Sir Joshua Reynolds, There are rumors that they are more than friends and there is 18 years difference. You have this older master and a child, you know. But in the background, the the ladies, the new ladies, the one wearing high black boots. Angelica understands that that's actually her. So she writes to the Royal Academy of Arts and she basically says that if you do not reject this painting, I have no other choice but to take all my paintings away.
0: And she was powerful enough to to have that painting withdrawn. Yes,
1: it's amazing. She had a fabulous career, really, 15 years of her life here.